All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode three of the podcast. Comic Dads coming at you live at a more reasonable hour this time. The last two we've experimented with the wee hours of the morning in both ways, 4 a.m. and then 11 a.m., and those don't work. So we're coming at you at a 9 p.m., nice normal time in our operating hours to make the world a better place. As always, I got Egypt here. How's everybody doing tonight? Thankfully, we are not doing another early morning podcast. I think we've gone ahead and just voted against those. We did have a blast with Howard and wanted to uh, give a shout out to the Comic Cut, of course. And we'd love to come back and we'll love doing it again with you. But right now we're going to go with our uh, beer of choice. Awesome beer out of San Diego, the Stone Delicious IPA. Not just a clever name, lemongrass hops and really, really tasty to boot. All right, ziggy zaggy, ziggy zaggy, oi oi oi, unleash the fury. Oh, that's nice. Still not a clever name because it's amazing and delicious. It and is. A, it is a great beer. Like, it's, this is the Stone Delicious, right? Stone Delicious. I mean, that makes sense. It's perfect. We're Stone out of, by the way. Stone San Diego. San Diego. Southern California. They always make good beer. Arrogant Bastard. Uh, Arrogant Bastard's good. I've had that one. And they play around with Arrogant Bastard a lot. Their IPAs are fun. They've got their Imperial IPA that they always tie into the Enjoy By series. Oh, so Enjoy can, By 420 Enjoy By, yeah. is the next one. And it's I have a couple bombers of that. Actually, that's going to be the next one. No, For episode four, we can maybe possibly bring that in. We might stay with Stone or we might find a Washington or Oregon brewery to drink with. You never know what we're going to do because sometimes we just get crazy and stupid. It looks like you're just going to have to watch the next episode to find out. Or at least listen to it. I mean, yeah, since there's not too much to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so first up, uh, in our episode one, we did a uh, comic swap where I gave Egypt a whole lot to read. He gave me a little bit less to read. So right now we're going to kind of go over what we read and go from there. He's up first because he got through some of it. And what would you get through? Um, I got through the first two issues of the 2009 X-Men and Spider-Man. It's a four-part series. It's a four-part series. um, I'm only halfway through it, but it's great how they tie in the original X-Men and how they perceive Peter Parker – um, cause they aren't necessarily superheroes like he is. He's not a mutant. He's not anything like, like them necessarily. But since the fact that all around the same age and they all have each other to rely on, they kind of look at him and kind of sympathize for him. Like, wow, he's no he's older than us and he's by himself. Like, how does he do it? And I've never actually t- like stepped back and thought about how other people perceive him. He's just a kid. Technically. And I love how they go through the entire time period through X-Men and Spider-Man, like when they moved to like the, the late 80s with Dazzler and Longshot and that oh, X-Men right. class that I love, they've got Black Spider-Man with the symbiote. And then they go back to Red Spider-Man with that 90s class with Wolverine and I'm Cyclops without the hood that. and everything. And it's, it's, it's a nice story how they move through time and keep the, the X-Men accurate and the Spider-Man accurate to how they were at that time and who was doing the art and how they were getting drawn and all of that. It's a nice little series on that for me. It kind of shows you how, like the evolution, evolution of, the of X-Men and Spider-Man. It's really nice, actually. For sure. And I read uh, Batman Court of Owls Volume 1. Got through it. Liked it a lot. I did have a little bit of trouble with the beginning part where they kind of set everything up and which Batman world we're in and the history of Gotham and the history of kind of everything around the area. I really like that a lot. I did have a problem 
with uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't read this, I don't know when it came out, but it was it's a while plenty ago. Of time. If you haven't read this by now, then you might not read it, and otherwise right. you can deal with it. So I like I didn't like how basically he's killing the talon by letting him fall off the top of Wayne Tower, even though Batman's not supposed to kill people. I think people. at that point he knew that they couldn't die. I Maybe think he did. That's it, my only defense it, it, there. It could have been one of Batman's prep time knowledges that, you know, he knows that, yeah. you know, the rest of the audience doesn't. But I really like the story. It was really cool seeing kind of Batman go with some old Gotham, go with some previous Waynes, and, and kind of the history of Gotham. It, it felt a lot more about Gotham than it did about Batman. And I like that a lot because I really like that kind of history stuff. It, the dork in me. Plays the history a whole lot. Well, Snyder, um, who is the uh, writer of the New Fifty Two Batman Volume One, um, does a great job of like that. Like he he can take like one building and like take the architecture and make half the story about the architecture, and then just like have a fight scene of Batman around it, and like it's beautiful. Like he's a great he's great at painting this picture for you, where you really understand where you're at in the story. You're like, oh, I get this. And it was it was really cool doing that, and it was also really cool. Like I was turning because they kind of turn the the frame to where you've got to actually turn the book, the book around that's to cool. try to read it. And it was it was nice doing that because it shows how much you're actually paying attention and how much you care about the book. I'm excited to read more because I didn't read a lot of DC. Everything I've basically learned from DC has been watching the DC cartoons with my son. And he loves him some Batman. He loves him some <laughs> Superman. Green Lantern, he's a big fan of. He even likes the movie. Shows how young he really Whoa. is. That's a true fan right it's there. It's a true fan. That's a true fan. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's fun to, to read a little bit more of the DC, which I never did. Growing up, particularly. That's why it's nice. I'm the DC guy. He's the Marvel guy. And I keep feeding him DC and I keep eating all this Marvel. And uh, I'm liking this comic it's, swap. It's fun playing the game. So, uh, next up, now this is a big spoiler alert. So, if you haven't seen Batman vs. Superman yet, you should probably fast forward about 10 minutes because we're going to take a long time talking about Batman right vs. Superman. Right about 15 so minutes or so. You, you want to jump right around there. If you haven't, swapped yet or paused or you know moved forward or whatever you need to do this is the best spoiler you're getting so egypt as the man who most greatly likes batman versus superman you start us off and tell us why all these critics and rotten tomato bastards are wrong well i mean other than the fact that they gave sharknado 82 percent on there that shows it's because ian zeering's <laughs> awesome <laughs> no okay first of all before I'm just going to tackle Rotten Tomato. Fuck you, Rotten Tomato. I know it's a collective uh, number of reviews and everything of that, but have you noticed this thing about um, everything Zack Snyder makes, he gets the worst reviews for? Watchmen, which was my favorite, favorite Snyder movie of all time, and also superhero movie. Awful reviews. 300, visually one of the best movies ever. Like, in my opinion, as far as, like, action movies, like, I loved it. Like, so what we're insane. saying is the critics want better writing and they, just don't, like they don't give a shit about the visuals? No, they don't care about anything. So, you know, that might be, there Suck might it. be something to Suck that. Suck it. But, but anyways, let's, let's get back to BBS. I've never liked review sites in general. No. I mean, you can talk about Yelp, you can talk about Rotten Tomatoes, you can talk about IMDb's Top 100, whatever you want to talk about. Either way, I put about as much stock in that as I do um, nothing I put stock in. So Right. But anyways, let's start, let's dive into BBS. Um, the opening scene, first of all, was awesome. 
I so definitely dig awesome. Batman. Um, for them to do the death of his parents again in a different way than I've seen it, and that, trust me, I've seen it in almost every comic, I've seen it in every cartoon, I've seen it in every video game, they have that scene. Turns out Batman's parents died? Is this news? Yeah, Holy hell! Oh my god, I was so surprised when I saw that. <laughs> no, no, but the way that, like, it was an intense moment, like, the moment that uh, the the robber, the murderer, is robbing Martha and the pearls are wrapped around his neck. And, and the, the, gun the hammer pulls back. Oh. Yeah, that, that was a very intense shot. Very good shooting for, for a visual for exactly getting what she wanted and seeing the pearls kind of roll down. I mean, we're all used to seeing the pearl necklace. We, we knew she was going to have a pearl necklace. We, we know it's going to get happen. scattered. But the way it happened was actually like, it really was great. It was pretty solid. I enjoyed that scene. I enjoyed the beginning. For me, what I had a little trouble with was connecting. Like, I I listened to a Kevin Smith interview where he was talking about how the movie had no heart. And while it was gritty and it was good and the story was good, it had no heart. Like, I had no connection. I never have a connection with Superman. Like, since, you know, (laughs) he's kind of a hard character to relate to, I guess. It's not so much he's hard to relate to. It's that, you know, since Christopher Reeves, I think, did such a solid job making you care and like Superman, no other actor has come close to touching the audience to make you actually relate to Superman in a way that he has. And I can't – every time I've seen – I've seen the other two Supermans, and all they do is make me feel like I'm watching Fantastic Four again, and it makes me want to gouge my eyes out. All I'm going to say is one of my favorite Batman quotes is, the last time you inspired anybody was when you were dead. That's Whoops. very true. Whoops. <laughs> was, that a, was that too soon? <laughs> yeah, I mean, soup is part of the problem. I think Ben Affleck as Batman did a great job. I had a little bit trouble, a little bit of trouble not knowing Batman, not knowing where Batman got to in this. Because we basically just jump into Batman as an older guy. Basically, as, as Egypt's told me a couple times, where the movie stopped where the Christian Bale movie stopped is where we're picking up Batman. And if you haven't it's watched, like, it's like 30 years later. Though. But if you haven't watched any of that Christian Bale stuff, you still need a little bit of setup for Batman. You still need a little bit of setup for Superman. Like I, I feel they did a disservice to the casual fan who doesn't necessarily know, the know all of the backstories and haven't been going to movies the whole time. So, but I I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority the reason, in that. The reason I'm liking this is because I'm pretty sure Ben Affleck's next uh, solo Batman film, who I I've been hearing he's doing a um script with Jeff Johns, a, a Justice League writer, amazing writer. Well, I mean Ben uh, Affleck can write. He won an Oscar for writing. Argo, right? No, no. Well, he won for Argo, but he won uh, an actor for. Writing Goodwill Hunting. Him and oh, Matt Damon shit, ones for right. Goodwill Hunting writing. So it's not like the man can't write. And I mean, I know Kevin Smith and him kind of had a falling out, but I still love that Kevin Smith owns a comic book shop and has had nothing but praise and hope for Ben Affleck to don the uh, tights, as he says. And to bring which him back. I have to say, he did well. Like Ben the, Affleck was awesome. The first scene where you see him where the cop like walks into the building and flashes his light up in the ceiling and the guy and Batman's literally tucked up in the, like just the corner of the room, like, like a vampire basically. And then zips up through the ceiling. You're like, what the fuck was that? Even like, I knew that was Batman, but at that moment I was like, what the fuck was that? 
<laughs> I still and and the one thing I like particularly with the the new Batman movies is they've taken into account the idea that Batman is Bruce Wayne and then Batman is Batman by putting the voice modulator and that kind of thing that was into cool. the suit. That was really cool. Like it's part of my problem with Superman. Still, you're telling me that Clark Kent can be a reporter at the goddamn Daily Planet and write article after article and wear his glasses and have that little C across, but when he takes his glasses off. And he's flying around and he's on everybody's phone and everybody's camera phone and everybody's everything. They can't tell that that's Clark Kent because he's not wearing a set of glasses and he's got blue and red and a cape billowing. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. that not- My bullshit meter is spiking. I'm just saying. I'm not a huge Superman fan, but I think Henry's doing a great job as Superman, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's doing an awful job by any means. It's just, meh. He's not connecting. I, I don't feel I'm not a connection. To him, yeah. I don't feel a connection. I agree with and that's that. all I'm saying. I would still give the movie a nine out of ten. I loved it. I, I, I give it a solid score. I don't think I don't think it's the giant piece of shit that Fantastic Four has been or some oh, of the God. some of the bad Marvel movies. Like everyone's comparing it to bad Marvel movies, and there have been plenty of bad Marvel movies. But I, I give it a solid like, you know, seven and a half, eight. Something I'm definitely interested. I do think they missed out on a couple things, and here's here's my couple things that I think they missed out. All right, bring it again. Spoiler alert: If you're already listening, it's already too late for you. <laughs> you're but, over. But the two things I think they missed out on, all of them tie into the end when Lois is basically drowning trying to go get the spear. Yeah. And you already teased us with Aquaman. You teased us twice with Flash. But I think since you already put where um, we're at in Gotham City on the shore, you could easily have had Aquaman coming up with the spear and Lois through everything. So you get a couple minutes of screen time with Aquaman trying to be Aqua Badass as much as Aquaman can be. I mean, everyone makes fun of Aquaman. See, the reason I kind of understand what he didn't is because he doesn't want anything to do with Earth people. Well, in this one is what the way I'm seeing it is that he is taking his role as king instead of being that just like, you know, kind of lone ranger as he was for a while. Okay, well that's that's well and good. I'll I'll give you that. Like I said, I don't read a lot of DC, so I just know Aquaman as a member of the that Justice will, League. That will be in a future swap, by in, the way, as Volume One of Aquaman in the cartoons, and then part two on my you're missing you're missing an opportunity is when Lois does come back with the spear Superman basically takes it and goes and sacrifices himself okay you had doomsday so you probably needed to kill Superman but you could have avoided killing Superman and just sent him off to the fortress of solitude like he's been apt to do several goddamn times in his life and what you could have done I think what you should have done is had Lois who's been damsel in distress all movie, Give the spirit to to Billy Badass, Amazon, Wonder Woman. Have her chuck it because turns out she's she's an Amazon. I'm pretty sure she can huck a javelin through Doomsday's head. From 300 yards. And Have you ever seen her like, in track and field? Man, she kills it. That's you just what know. That's what I'm saying. They, <laughs> they could have easily had like a girl power kind of moment and had Lois pass the baton to Wonder Woman. I think Wonder that Woman been, I actually hammer the point that. home. And I... I I would have liked to see that myself. And then Superman disappears to the Fortress of Solitude. And it's not like there were any cameras around. They weren't going to get that on film. He just would have been disappeared. And then you don't have to come up with a ridiculous resurrection story like you're going to have to to bring him back. Well, this this has happened several times. And in Superman's defense, 
Um, Death of Superman was a great line. Um, it's basically the same thing. This this movie is completely the dark. Um, uh, the Dark Knight Returns and the Death of Superman put together. That's completely and utterly what this is. There's a huge Batman in the Dark Knight Returns. Batman Superman have a huge fight. Batman's in that armored mech suit. That's where this armored mech suit came from. And at the very end of Death of Superman, Superman and Doomsday battle it out. They both die. Um, it turns out the reason he was appeared dead is there was a little shard of kryptonite on him or in his in his body somewhere. I think got into his, his suit. Yeah. And um, he ended up being able to get it out. And then a couple of days, weeks, I don't know how long it was, he came back. It's amazing. His, was- his, his powers are generated by Earth's yellow sun. Like all the Superman scenes, even the even the Clark Kent and Lois Lane kind of getting freaky scenes. All I kept coming back to was Mallrats. You know, he can't <laughs> he can't bang regular chicks because you know if he did, he'd blow a load like a shotgun right through her back. The only way he could do it is if he you know wore a kryptonite. <laughs> condom but that would kill him sorry i'm a kevin smith fan if you don't like him well what well, you gonna do that's your fault then next up we're we're gonna move right along stay with some movies overall though let's finish up on it overall overall, overall um great movie loved batman versus superman i love the direction they're going um and i'm very excited for the characters selected um i'm excited for cyborg flash and aquaman like for sure let's go definitely definitely more excited for you know the justice league movie than i have been for any x-men movie save x-men 2 so i mean for for a continuation of a story even spider-man 2 didn't get me as jazzed as I was. Mm. Avengers Ultron 2 didn't get me as jazzed. I'm excited for Justice League. Justice League groups. They did they did a pretty good job on this. I don't think it's as great as a lot of people are trying to defend it as. I don't think it's as bad as the critics are trying to say it is. It's passable. I'm happy they did it. I think they did it in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Alright. So moving along, we wouldn't be the uh, comic dads if we didn't talk about a kid's movie once in a while. So this oh. one is near and dear to my heart particularly. I remember watching this as a kid, the animated version. We're talking about the Jungle Book coming up. And nobody the, can make fun of the Jungle the Book. The live action Jungle Book, it looks pretty good. Every time I see a trailer, I look at who's voicing who. I just get more and more excited. I mean, Ben Kingsley. You can't really beat Ben Kingsley. The only way they could have a – I mean, I love everybody that's doing voices. I'm so excited for this movie. I mean, King Louis looks huge. And the only way they could do better is if they actually had Louis Prima voicing him and dancing around singing Someone Like You. I have to say, um, whoever – I can't remember the actors for the life of me because I haven't been following it 100%. I'm really excited for Jungle Book. Like all the Disney movies, we all grew up with Disney movies. I don't care how old you are, you grew up with Disney movies. <laughs> it's a true statement, by oh, the way. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I've been watching with my son, Hell. We're going yeah, opening seriously. weekend for his birthday celebration. That's how excited I am about planning something for him for this. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's, that's a no-brainer. Like, this movie looks great. Tarzan also. Tarzan looks good. That's, I think I'm equally as excited for Tarzan. Like, that was a great movie. Like, do you remember all those, uh, was it Elton John that did all the music for, uh, Phil Collins. Phil Collins, Phil Phil Collins, Collins. did the, man, that soundtrack was fire. That, that was the hottest. bang some drums like you don't even That know. was the hottest mixtape of, like, 2003. <laughs> <laughs> 
But nothing but a good time with us. So that's our little bit on, uh, you know, the kids' movies coming out. So if you are a parent of any way, shape, or form, man, woman, whoever, hope you're taking your kids to watch some movies because they're doing a pretty good job reliving our childhoods one more time, which is getting me interested into it, which is getting my kids interested into it. We're getting them back into it. Bringing it back. Bringing it back. It's the circle of life. <laughs> circle of life. Comes and it goes. Thanks, Elton. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so moving along, going to hop back into some comic book movies. Age of Apocalypse is going to be the next on the Ooh. docket. The more trailers I see, the more flaws I find. But then again, I'm not very excited about X-Men movies in general anyway. Egypt, what do you think about the more trailers we're seeing? I'm not going to lie. My favorite thing to do is just try to figure out how many characters. Like, I don't even care about the movies, to be honest. But my favorite thing to do is try to find all the hidden char- characters they subliminally throw in. I don't know why, but X-Men has like the big, has to be one of the biggest rosters comic book movie-wise. They can throw in anybody. Anybody. Absolutely. But my only problem with it is is you do it too much. You start having what happened in X-Men 3, which was basically we're going to give the powerhood and the roster of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Only we're going to swap genders for no good goddamn reason and then do it. And because uh, yeah. they Does had a female pyro, they had Juggernaut who wasn't even a mutant. They had so much that just there seemed like, so much hey, here's the it. book, and we're going to completely fuck with it because we can, which is probably why X-Men 3 completely sucked. Anyway, and if was, you like X-Men terrible. 3, you need to go read some books, and you need to go watch some other movies because there are plenty of good The movies. last Wolverine movie was awful, too. I'm not going to lie. Silver Samurai was good. <sighs> Silver Samurai, as far as staying true to the story, was good. Staying sto- staying true to the story, yeah, but it was just, like, so bad. It well, was hard to watch. Because you had the bad taste of Origins where they <laughs> made Deadpool mimic and then killed him on top that. of it. I don't even I, care I, that I still they made it. I'm still mad about that. I'm, I, you he, And people still bring it up. They're like, no, if you look back to the comics, I'm like, fuck you. Look, look at the comics. I dare you. I double dare you. Now tell me which story of that is in any of our minds from cartoons or anything else that we – if you have to read only one comic line and that's the only comic line you get it, you're wrong. Because like wrong. Howard said, they reboot these comic lines every, every five, five years, years or yes. so. So if you're sticking to the very first version of it, let's, uh, let's go back to the or very first version. Or whatever version you're sticking to. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all a matter of what is the prevailing history of this character what's the, what's the in people's version? minds. Not even that, because a lot of times they'll take this, that, and the other thing to and fix it. And combine it and put and it combine together. it and merge it. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. <laughs> Daredevil. Um, but next up, we get DC shot at a bad guy versions of Avengers, which is in oh Suicide Squad. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. I think I'm most excited for Suicide Squad. Um, for me, it feels a lot like Guardians of the Galaxy did, where there's not a lot of folks that did a lot of reading of this beforehand, so you no. don't have you don't have the huge catalog of fans like you did with Batman or Superman or X Men or Wolverine or Iron Man or Captain America. You don't have the big catalog of fans. You've got a few folks that read it and enjoyed it, and then you've got this movie presentation. So. The folks that just enjoy comic book movies will probably enjoy it because they don't have enough of of the backstory or the other story to throw off their head, which I enjoy because those are the kind of movies that make me happy 
And I mean, I still Uga Shaka with my son every time I hear Blue Suede <laughs> watching Guardians of the Galaxy. So, so I agree completely when you say it's going to be like Guardians of the Galaxy because, um, like you and Kevin Smith both agreed with, there was no heart to the Batman Superman. I get that. I actually kind of agree with it, but I like that fact. I like the darker, grittier, less humorous. I don't think they needed to throw humor in there. I think there was a cu- couple chuckle moments, but I don't. I don't care about that. Suicide Squad, however, that movie looks hilarious. Like the Joker's gang, one of the guys was wearing like a Batman mask, and it was it was funny. Like oh, I know this movie's gonna be so over the top. You you can't have Joker, you can't have Harley Quinn, and not have big comedy. You can't really have Will Smith in a movie without some humor. If, if it's not some humor, even when he's done his serious serious work, he still had some elements of haha to it. That's you just because he's so, a charming cause, bastard. Cause, he's so charming. Because that smile will make you happy and make panties disappear. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's just how Will is. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, I am I'm more excited to see Suicide Squad than I was to see Batman vs. Superman. I figured we're doing a podcast. I definitely have to watch Batman vs. Superman. But uh, Suicide Squad, I'll go see because I want to see it. Right. So, next up... It's been out on Netflix for a couple weeks. Again, we got a spoiler alert here. So we're talking about Daredevil Season 2. So if you haven't seen it, fast forward about three, four minutes. Sorry, kids. We're trying to give you as good a heads up as we can. <laughs> but Daredevil Season 2, I'm only about four or five episodes in. Egypt, you've watched the whole thing, yes? Or oh, yeah. I've watched, I've watched every episode. <laughs> I watched it within like two days of it being out. It was just perfectly timed with my days off. And I was like... Well, look at that. And the kids are going to school today. (laughs) What shall I do with all this free time? Daredevil season two. And I'm in a little bit more of a pinch where I I tend to try to fill up my days before working with errands, bank, whatever you got to do during the day. Lunch always sneaks up on me. I get bored. Work calls me in. Who knows what happens? So I don't have the kind of You're free a busy time. body. You, you can't necessarily just sit at home. I'm one of those guys who I can sit in my room for days. Like, my fiance has to pull me out of the room. She's like, okay, you've been in there for three days straight. You, where have you peed? And I'm like, I haven't. <laughs> well, Daredevil Season 2. I like the first one. I liked where we're going now. I, I definitely love The Punisher. I've always kind of been a fan of Frank Castle and and his kind of jaded past while at the same time his own kind of skewed version of morality that you can almost get behind. You can you're not quite going to go shoot him yourself, but you're not necessarily going to be mad at somebody for shooting him, you know, on their own. So I I I do like Punisher a lot. I'm excited for what's going on. I know Electra's coming in and that means the hands coming in. So Kingpin's going to get out somehow because it's, it's how Daredevil has always operated. Maybe we'll get Bullseye, who is by far the best villain for Daredevil, period. And without Colin Farrell fucking it up in the movie, it might have been okay. I'm just going to pick it up right now. I'm very excited about this. I've just been shaking, sitting here like, <laughs> my turn, my turn. I'm, spoiler alert, times ten. This was so cool seeing the Punisher and Daredevil. Um. I can't think of the actor's name who played Punisher, the guy from The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was scary. Like, the way they portrayed him, the way he did everything, he had, in my opinion, the best fight scene in the entire season. 
And and how they set up the whole well, it's like a whole squad of super military trained guys, and it's not. It's just one dude who really, really knows what he's doing, and he's well equipped to do exactly that. I love how yeah, he's great at it. But they also included what I can't remember. I think it's Punisher Max. I want to say I'm not like like I said, I'm the DC guy. I don't know these things for sure. But Punisher Max, where Kingpin's in jail, I believe. I don't know if I'm messing the storyline up or not. But I know Punisher goes to the jail in it, and he does in season two. Like, he actually goes to the penitentiary, and then they put him in population. And that fight scene, because as soon as he comes out, as soon as he's there, it's just a it's a hit on him. Oh, yeah, but he you can murders, try all you want. He murders a whole wing of prisoners with nothing but, like, a mop room. Sounds about right. I mean, <laughs> it was it's, beautiful. it's it's kind of what you, you saw in the Guardians of the Galaxy prison fight with Rocket yeah. and Groot walking in saying, hey, you guys can do whatever He's you want. He's my bitch. He's my bitch. This is how I'm going to do it. And you kind, of exactly. ex- you, you kind of expect that from Punisher. I mean, I the one thing where I'm at, like I said, I'm only – Episode four or five, I can't remember exactly. I I miss the idea of the Punisher battle van, like his oh mobile God. his mobile fortress of death, where it's basically he has. I didn't even look for every, it. Now I don't even know if it's in season he, two. He has every police scanner. He's got everything everywhere. Every band you can think of. Every piece of intelligence he can gather. Every gun with all the ammo we could ever hope for in this tiny little van. And it's no, a fun. It's, it's a true. fun idea. I miss. I miss that idea. Do you know who else rocked the van? That uh, I'm super excited for for this as well. Teenage Mutant, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles rock Rocking and the van. Bebop, and the turtles are going to be good coming out very very soon. I'm pretty excited about that one as well. How do you feel about? Um, also, why? Just a random subject. I know I'm throwing a curveball in here. Um, do you hear about Civil War getting pushed back? No, I thought it. it was the Gambit movie that got pushed back. <laughs> nope. Civil War, I heard, got so pushed civil, back. This may be rumors. Who knows? I don't know. We're just broadcasting what we hear and read because we try to stay abreast of as much as we can. Yeah, we try to stay on top of it, but, I mean, there's so much going on, and half of it we think is true. Who knows? A lot of it's... And two-thirds of it we can blame on the kids. I mean, a third of it is just us not checking sources, but two-thirds of it... Kids take a lot of your time. If you don't have kids and you can avoid having kids for a little while longer, I strongly suggest it. And I strongly suggest drinking, going out, causing trouble with your friends, building all those memories you can. Because when kids come around, you don't get those opportunities as much as you'd like to. It's a sad reality. (laughs) Disclaimer for all you folks without kids. That being said, we're going to move along because we can. So future fight. A game near and dear to our hearts, we've talked about it several times, came out with their version 2.0. I've been playing, I'm still playing, Egypt's still playing. I'm kind of lackluster because it seems like it's just giving rewards to all the guys that spend way more money than us because, <laughs> you know, they're yeah, in China they, I, or they're wherever. Hundreds of dollars to get, like, uh, it's so far ahead of us. We've been playing since day one. And, and what is it, like, uh, we're on year two of the game now? We're on year two. No, we're, we finished year one. We finished, we year, finished one. year one. I'm at. I've got six six star guys, and most of them are red starred, and most of my guys are four and five stars. But still, I mean, Carnage is the only guy I haven't been able to get because I haven't spent the eight dollars and thirty six cents for the tokens yet. It's probably coming, but I need to justify that to myself a little bit more. <laughs> I know Egypt has. I know my girlfriend has. So you know. 
there's plenty of people that have spent money on this game and the other thing, but I have not been that guy for that reason yet. I felt susceptible to it. I couldn't even stop myself. I was subdued by it. Well, I've also, you know, waited some things out and bought at other times when I might not should have been. Like, hey, you spent $2 on this to get up to 3,000 crystals to buy oh, yeah, I've done that. 400 bio selectors and that oh, kind of gosh, thing. It- so it's, it's the little things that add up and we spend money and bad things happen. You know. <laughs> What you gonna do? We're still playing the game. I think they they took the possessions up to where they are making it for the high end players. And while that's nice and good, having a few things for the high end players, making characters for high end players only, kind of rough. Cause yeah, I tried it, to, it's pay I, to play basically. You want good characters? Give us your money. And I try <laughs> to throw myself at at that with my six six star guys, and it just doesn't catch. I'm out so yeah. fast, it's ridiculous. And my other buddy who plays same way. Yeah, I'm. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of games that are like this where you have to kind of pay to play. Future Fight has done a great job of keeping me entertained. However, Marvel also I think is the best when it comes to as far as like mobile gaming. They are on fire with their games. They actually just released a game not too long ago called Marvel Alliance Two. It's kind of a turn-based Marvel game, about the same roster as Future Fight, about 50 different playable characters. It's a lot of grinding, but it also reminds me of that uh, Star Wars game, Star Wars Heroes. So it's actually really entertaining. I like the turn-based games. Um, I'm a big fan of turn-based myself. I played Galaxy of Heroes. And my be honest, let's be honest, we all played a little bit of D&D. Hell, a I, bit of magic. when I was up in uh, Bellingham, I helped sell some, like, nine-year-old girl on this is what you need to get started with your friends. The player's handbook, get that. Me and the comic book shop owner were talking to her a little bit on and off, and it was, hey, player's handbook, a set of dice, you can start playing with your friends. You don't necessarily need a DM's guide, but that's the next book you need to buy. Start with one player's handbook, make some miracles come true. That's all you gotta do. That's all you, that's all you gotta do. Just a little bit of faith, and you can make it anywhere. More proof were those kind of dorks. So you can go oh. anywhere. <laughs> Take a look. It's in, in a, a book, a reading rainbow. rainbow. <laughs> so that's that's a good that place happens. for us to sign off. What are you reading now today, Egypt? Like, what are you reading? My stuff that I gave you? Or are you reading something else? So I yours? bought, like I told you, I got that Marvel app on my phone because I've read a lot of DC. So I'm really trying to branch into Marvel and appreciate what they have because they have a lot of gems. I'm currently reading. X-Men Legacy. And I think I'm on... It started on 211, like, issue 211, because it's been going on since, you know, like, well, let's just say... Good forever. Um, so, I think I'm about 15 issues in, and it's all about Professor X. It's all about him, and him not being necessarily this great professor that we've all known and loved forever... It's shown him taking advantage of people. And having some faults as a man and, and I coming love to grips it. I just with can't it. stop. But he keeps having these team-ups. Like, it's him versus Sinister. Him and Gambit versus... can't even remember some of the villains. There was him versus Scott Summers. He basically stepped up and walked away. 
funny because he actually is walking. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not intended. Christopher Reeves, it's Christopher Walken? Yeah, he's walking. <laughs> um, so he's walking and he basically was like, I'm done, X-Men, bye. And just peaced out because he, for some reason, can't retain all of his memories. He's kind of wiped clean, doesn't really remember everything. So he needs to go to all the most important people in his past and actually look into their mind and get his memory back is the premise of the story. So it's an intriguing story. I it's mean, really cool, too. And the artwork's a little bit older than what I've which is Which is good for me because <laughs> I always love that old school kind yeah. of artwork. What, for, do you, what are you getting into? For me, it's still Doctor Strange, and every time I pop into a new comic book shop that I drive by what or whatever. You, what issue are you up to? I'm on episode or uh, issue five on Doctor nice. Strange. I think six is out. I'm not entirely sure. We haven't gone to check out our box yet, but I'm happy we signed up for one. And I'm still kind of piecing together the relaunch of Spider-Man 2099 before I start reading that. Um, but I'm always good finding a one shot or a two shot or a four part something or other at any comic book shop I'm finding. And if you can find all four parts or all two parts or something, pick it up and read it. You never know. You might find something new you liked. So, I mean, I recommend that Egypt. We, we got any complaints about stone delicious. It's still delicious. Nope. I'm in, I'm thoroughly enjoying the beer. I'm on, you know, I'm getting about halfway down on my second pint now. Um, so we're moving along, we're drinking, moving along. drinking a growler, which, you know, beer is always good. Support your local breweries. And then where did you get this uh, specific beer from? Where well, did, what, what I got it? it from my place of work because that's how I got paid for doing my Cards Against Humanity night. But Stone Delicious. Hashtag bartender life. Hashtag <laughs> bartender life. We do a lot of stuff for free that people don't even know about. <laughs> Stone Delicious out of San Diego. You can get it up and down the West Coast. If you can find any stone beer, it's probably pretty damn good. My favorite – okay, yeah, really quick. My favorite, Stone Enjoy By. Sto what's any your, of the Enjoy By series? What's your favorite stone? Well, my first legal beer – legal, mind you – was Stone Arrogant Bastard because it seemed family appropriate, and I haven't shifted off of that too much. So nice. those are some good beers by Stone. But in the meantime, support your local breweries. Support your local comic shops. And remember, if you don't know who you're voting for, vote for Stan. Cheers. Yeah.